truth, love, and the good. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast. I'm David Tian, uh, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined here by Stefan Rivali. How are you doing, Stefan? I'm doing great. Excited for today's discussion. Yes. And uh, just in case you don't know who we are, quick uh, intro. I'm David Tian, and for over the past 13 years, I've been helping hundreds of thousands of people in over 87 <coughs> countries you know, attain success, happiness, and fulfillment in life and love. Very broad, uh, covering everything from relationships and dating and life coaching and psychotherapeutic issues. And Stefan, how about a quick intro on who you are? Well, I'm a meditation and mindfulness teacher, uh, as I've been doing for many, many years. And I'm also now a uh, mindful service teacher. Uh, that's my big mission through my Serve Conscious project, uh, hoping to uh, teach people how to experience fulfillment, uh, happiness, and skills that are infinitely valuable via any service role. And uh, that's the focus now. I'm also just a general conscious conversation starter. Um, I'm doing work uh, with a lot of content creation around spreading the word on mindfulness and its power. Awesome. Okay. So let's just dive into our topic for today. And um, it's all about uh, the value of discomfort and leaning in. And uh, actually, how about you introduce us, Stefan? Yeah, totally. Um, basically, uh, this hinges off uh, a lot of things I hear people say uh, when I teach them, you know, meditation uh, or mindfulness practices, and they get a taste of, you know, feeling a little more peaceful and a little more calm and happy and at ease. And they think, well, I don't want to mess this up. I want to just keep my environment, you know, controlled, homogenous, and without disturbance so I can continue to ride this wave of, uh, of ease and calm. And the first thing they think is, oh, they got to get away. They got to get away and run to the woods and live some simple agrarian lifestyle, maybe. <laughs> and like, you know, not have any of these dirty, ugly challenges of urban life and all of this, you know, hustle and bustle and dirt and smog and um, yelling. That's not for us. Let's just like live a good life. And I think that's just trying to escape challenges when challenges are in fact the monastery that you are seeking, uh, not the monastery itself, though it has value. Um, it's, it's not really not really the right reasons that people are looking for it. They're just looking for a way out. And so um, I want to talk about the power of being here in the life you're in now. That is the best medium for transformation. Yeah, great message. So we have uh, different audiences from our other work. And from my audience, what I see a lot on this theme <clears throat> is that they want to stay away from uncomfortable feelings, especially and that prevents them from actually growing. <laughs> so if you're going to shy away from feeling at all, and that's the first step, just being able to uh, feel and then being okay with feelings that you might have been um, staying away from like anger or sadness or any kind of sh feelings that you have shame related to are going to prevent you from growing any further. So one of the things that I like to say a lot is become comfortable with the uncomfortable, lean, uh, become familiar with the unfamiliar, and uh, lean into those, um, the, those challenging feelings. And a lot of it is the fact that we frame it the wrong way. So a lot of men around the world have been repressing their feelings because of, well, because they were, they were told that to be a man. Uh, and by the way, one of my podcasts is called Man Up. And I, I was, I'm trying to redefine what that means. Like, uh, can you step up to the challenge of feeling more deeply? 
Can you step up to the challenge of leaning into vulnerable feelings? Uh, and are you man enough to do that? Are you man enough to be vulnerable? And a lot of men around the world uh, thought that or were taught that masculinity is about not crying, of uh, being stoic uh, in, in the modern sense of the term, of being tough and not showing your feelings, of not being a wussy or a pussy or whatever that is, and not being vulnerable, basically, not being weak. And it's actually the thing that's preventing them from growing further. So that's nice. It'll set you, I mean, that tough guy attitude will take you through your 20s and maybe even in your 30s, but then it will start to burn you out. <clears throat> and you'll see that your relationships and these deeper aspects of life will just go right by you. Unless you have the courage to lean in to those emotions that you've been repressing, that we as men generally repress for so long, of uh, sadness and um, tenderness and loneliness and feeling those feelings. That's step one. <laughs> but that is going to feel uncomfortable. And if you can't get past that step, you're not going to get any further. So, the, so that whole, like, it's an easy thing to remember. Um, become comfortable with the uncomfortable, familiar with the unfamiliar, and actually make that part of how you approach life. The example I give to a lot of guys is working out. So in order to build muscle, in order to make progress in the workout, you're going to have to get to that part, point in which there's discomfort, not, not, pay, not suffering, because that probably means you're about to get injured and you have to stop working out for a long time, but discomfort. Because if you're not uncomfortable, then you're not actually growing. You're just moving some weights around and pumping some blood into your muscle. But you, to actually grow the muscle, you've got to actually tear, have these micro tears and then recover, and then rest and recover. That's how muscles grown, and that's how proper workouts are done. But a lot of people, they stop short of that in their emotional lives, in um, their psychological growth. And it's amazing because a lot of the people who do that pride themselves on being tough guys, uh, masculine men. But that's exactly the thing that they're not having the courage to do, to lean in to the uncomfortable feelings. But that's the way through. Um, and uh, uh, the value of discomfort is the is everything like you can't get to the other side of the bridge without going through the, that bridge without going across that bridge that that dark tunnel yeah and uh <clears throat> i feel like this uh belief that uh, we need to live a life beyond suffering i mean that is definitely an aspiration to have but people misunderstand uh what suffering means uh in the let's call it like Eastern wisdom terms. Uh, suffering isn't discomfort. That's not what suffering is. Suffering is not acceptance and resistance to whatever's happening. So you're having an experience and you're saying, no, I'm not having this right now. And there is reactivity to the experience and all, everything that gets kicked up there is what causes suffering. That sort of tension in between you know, what's happening and what you feel should be happening, what your own little narrow perspective of the world uh, feels should be happening when a much bigger, wiser picture of life is actually um, in operation here and isn't going to conform to that. So, you know, end suffering with acceptance uh, and you're good. That doesn't mean discomfortance. It just simply means you can now accept the discomfort. And a lot of people uh, that I've come across in my journeys, um, start a spiritual practice and they feel like that is now their sort of like ejector seat out of having to experience discomfort, which they misunderstood. It's actually their way out of suffering, not their way out of discomfort. And um, I know that I've met people like this because I was one of those people. <laughs> I, uh, 
I definitely thought, oh, okay, great. I don't have to feel those unpleasant feelings anymore. And I, I felt um, kind of like, you know, that very like dude-like um, sort of hope that I don't have to be bogged down by all these annoying feelings anymore. I can just like hover aloft above all of these these petty mortal concerns and, uh, and not have to um, really face, you know, the storms in me. And, um, and that leads to more suffering because what ends up happening is when that stuff does come up, you don't accept it. You say, no, shouldn't be having these. I need to be an awakened being who is very demure and very above all of that and very, ah. And uh, this image we have of this, you know, pious figure, uh, that's not what, you know, like a, whatever you want to call it, a fully awakened, self-mastered man or woman uh, is, is, or looks like. Because if you are truly, you know, established in yourself, and if you are truly living mindfully, which means like paying attention and accepting whatever happens without like, you know, cringing up and karate stancing against whatever's happening, it means that you're no longer resisting any aspect of yourself that reveals itself. And this goes into the principles of yoga as well, which is, you know, comes from a a different, somewhat different culture uh, than Buddhism. And it talks about integration of yourself. That's what yoga means. Well, what is integration of yourself? It means you're no longer resisting stuff that's happening. It doesn't mean that every single thing happening in you is stuff you like and prefer because it's easy and comfortable. It means stuff that's happening is uncomfortable and you're able to invite it to the table, see what it has to say, and learn how to relate to it rather than just, you know, thinking it doesn't belong because it doesn't match some ideal you have. And all these things we construct in the mind around the, the ideal state, that is going to cause suffering because all it's going to do is create tension and resistance against what's actually happening. And I'm saying the word tension here um, in a way that's <laughs> negative when we've, you know, we've called this project tension in a positive way. And, um, and it'll be important to learn the difference between positive and well, valuable tension and tension that's just going to disrupt you. And, uh, and it's a really powerful place to be in, in a place of tension. Uh, but it's also important to see when that mm-hmm. tension's just holding you back. So uh, that's, that's what happens when um, you think, when you seek the comfortable, all you really get is this, um, you know, maybe immediately you might feel, ah, like a little relief, like, oh, I don't have to go there right now. I can just, I can just cuddle into my you know, warm blanket of how I want things to be. Um, but that will build up tension because there's, there's inner resistance and unresolved stuff that's eventually uh, going to raise its voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the <clears throat> tension and the, the actual name of our uh, brand here of Tenshin is a nice play on words. I'm just going to bring that one out again. Uh, tension is really great if you use that as an identifying uh, like a symptom that you're saying that you can able to say to yourself, oh, I feel this tension. That means something. And the, maybe I can, what then I can do is to trace that tension back to find out its source. What, 
is causing this. And that would lead to tenshin, which is transformation uh, in the Japanese. Uh, and it starts with identifying the tension. And so many people actually try to repress the discomfort. So when you feel the discomfort and you're at the edge of your comfort zone in whatever ways, even if you're, even if you're just sitting and doing a body scan in your meditation and something comes up and you really don't want to feel that anymore, and if you just try to ignore it or shut it down or try to let it, um, uh, just try to pretend like it's not there, you're, you're actually suppressing, which will lead over time to repression. And hopefully you understand what repression is and how bad it is, because repression means the thing doesn't ever go, it doesn't go away. It never goes away. It's just sitting there and developing pressure over time. And eventually it will come out in ways that are uncontrolled, especially if, if it's been repressed for a very long period of time. And often people will discover that they act out of control or in, a, in an argument with their partner, uh, they just lose it. And it's one of those things where you'll notice uh, as you get into a relationship years in, maybe starting like three years, maybe just a year and a half, maybe just six months, you start to have arguments that blow up really quickly, that escalate beyond what you would have expected, that make you even feel uncomfortable in the way that you're being in that uh, conversation or interaction or that fight or argument. And then a few days later, you cannot remember what you argued about. You just remembered that you had an argument and that it sucked and that you punched a hole in the wall or you, you, you stormed out of the house or whatever it was. You remember the outcome, but you don't remember the cause. And often those are, well, almost always, those are a result of repressed forces from your unconscious coming out and they're being triggered by something that that partner uh, said or did. Um, and that repression is something that you can't control. Once it comes out, you're, it's literally that thing that you're out of control on. So if you're just trying to ignore the discomfort, it's just going to make things worse. And hopefully you've lived long enough to know what I'm talking about here, what we're uh, giving as examples. And you know then what, uh, that, you sh that you shouldn't go that route. They shouldn't just try to stuff it down. Or like what Bill Burr says in that, uh, that new uh, stand-up, Paper Tigers, of like that, that, uh, that he's going to stuff it down into a jar of anger and repression and put it on that shelf that, every man, that sits on every man's chest or something along those lines. Uh, and and it's just that's what a lot of dudes do. And they wonder why they are not in control of their emotions. And they want to be so in control. Control, control, control is actually what causes the repression. So you do the opposite. Instead of trying to stuff it down and push it away and pretend it's not there, you actually turn to it and try to appreciate why it's there. It's there for a reason. Your unconscious is reacting in this way because there's something that's there that you're not attending to. And it's part of how your different parts in you are saying, hey, you got to look at this. This is this part. This thing is not healthy right here. And if you just try to ignore that, it's just going to make things worse and it will become worse over time. So the first step is turning inward or turning towards it. And uh, one of the um, amazing things that I've learned through my years of meditation practice is that I can just sit there and discover these tensions in the body and actually just focus on them instead of trying to get them to go away as you do as a beginner or in, in method acting when you try to undo the tension in your body. You can actually add a as you get more experience and you get used to feeling them and discovering them, you can actually attend to them. Like ask yourself, well, why, why is that there? What is that? Is there a message there or is it just a purely uh, physical sensation? And maybe, you know, you, you, you twisted a muscle or something like that, or maybe there's tension there because there's something wrong or something not right in your psychology that you're not attending to. And maybe you can go to that. So you can first, the first step is to appreciate that it's there because that's a sign. It's a symptom that there's something that you're overlooking. And 
once you begin to appreciate those parts of you that you're disowning or you're trying to get rid of or repress, they relax. And if you apply some positive attention to it and just kind of sit with it, and this is a part of you, this is there in you, um, try not to make it go away, but actually appreciate that it's there and, and appreciate that there's a positive intention to it. There's a positive intent for you there and that there's something for you to discover. And as you lean in and turn towards it and um, spend time with it, attend to it, it will often over time reveal to you important lessons uh, for you to go forward with. Yeah. And I feel simply the observing of it, simply putting your attention on it, noticing it to begin with and not rejecting it right there is transformative. Right there can absolutely change the game for you. Uh, you don't have to do anything about it. You don't have to do anything with it. And again, the more you think I have to do something about this is the more uh, you are just trying to control in some way because that is looking, you may just be tempted to look at it. Oh, this is a symptom that I need to suppress. You know, it's like the, the sort of modern medicine approach of like repressing symptoms. Um, look at it. Yeah. Say, what does this have to show me? Simply doing that, even if it doesn't show you anything that you can possibly begin to understand right now, already you're starting to put yourself back together. And, and actually I found this happen so often when I notice something in me that makes me uncomfortable and I look at it and say, this is happening right now. And this is part of me. Uh, I'm curious, what's this all about? Um, suddenly it stops like hamstringing me and stops holding me back. And it's without even as much work as I thought it would take, it um, becomes easier to coexist with or just not a problem at all. And um, just the observation process. It's amazing. Well, I'm glad you said curious because that's, that's exactly the, what I was trying to get at with appreciation too. It requires curiosity. I mean, it all starts with curiosity. So you can actually cultivate curiosity to observe it happening and then, hmm, I wonder what's going on there. And to attend to it from that point, vantage point of curiosity to learn more about it. And as soon as you just change your vantage point on it, it no longer becomes uncomfortable. <laughs> so here's an analogy that I used to uh, use to teach um, how to get over social anxiety. So you'll notice that we pay money to go to amusement parks. Um, actually, Stefan, uh, we met uh, last time at Disney World, one of the <laughs> probably the best amusement park in the world in history. It was amazing there. Anyway, so uh, people pay a lot of money to go and ride these rides that they hope are a little scary. Because right? if it's boring, like a kiddie ride and you're an adult, uh, you wouldn't probably pay very much money for that. You want it to, to, to frighten you. And um, the thing is, though, that in our human brains, we have trouble distinguishing between, uh, or our bodies have trouble distinguishing between uh, fear and excitement. It's the interpretation of the thing that makes the difference between fear and excitement. Inside the body, it's sort of, it's almost all, or all uh, the same uh, chemicals being pumped in. It's just the interpretation of it. It's just the perspective we bring or the story we tell ourselves about what it means. So it's I first stress, learned this. Right? It's like, it's like mm. you stress versus distress, right? It's the same thing. It's euphoric what? stress or stressful stress. Yeah. 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 Right. It's, it's still stress, right? And just the, the way that you approach it. So I, I first learned this distinction from a friend who uh, spent many years as a door-to-door -door salesman. And he was a guy who was just fearless socially. 
And I asked him about, like, don't you ever feel nervous when, you know, you go talk to strangers or whatever? And, and he said, no, because of the door-to-door salesman thing, he first was really nervous. And then he learned this thing about the roller coaster. He was a deathly frightened of roller coasters until his friend told him, when you are on the roller coaster and as it's going down, you grab the handle and lean forward. Like lean forward and imagine that you are pushing the roller coaster. You're the one who's doing this. You welcome this thing that's happening. And it's just that little mindset shift. He's little, like physically in the same place. You know, he could, everything's physically still happening the same. It's just a switch in his mindset that I want this to happen. This is good. I'm going to lean into it. So that's like literally leaning into the discomfort and welcoming it. It's the same thing that's happening. So hopefully you enjoy roller coasters so you can see how ridiculous it might be for someone who, who's afraid of it. But hopefully you can understand why you'd be afraid of it because otherwise you wouldn't uh, enjoy it as much. And the the trick, the difference between fear and excitement is simply the interpretation of the thing. So when you're at the gym, people who like to go to the gym and stay, stick with it, enjoy the workout, not just the results. People who are only after the thing to get the results, whether it's meditation, working out, uh, school, if they don't enjoy the process of, of the learning or of the development of the skill, and they just want the end result, the trophy, the, the medal or whatever it is, they're not going to last because that's not very good motivation. It's not enjoyable, and they're not going to put in the hours to master it. But those who stick with it, it turns out that the, the, award, the reward is in the journey itself. The reward is in the process. They enjoy the process. It's nice to get the result, uh, of course, but they've already, along the way, they're already enjoying themselves, or they find ways to enjoy the process. So it's the same with the roller coaster. If you're just hoping to get to the end of the roller coaster, and that's your main goal, uh, then everybody should just build roller coasters that go, and you're done. So obviously the roller coaster, like the whole thing, it's, you're scaring yourself, but you're also now, you're able to enjoy it if you can lean into it. And then you start to enjoy the process. And now you can actually enjoy the roller coaster of life. And it's the same with any kind of discomfort. You need, hopefully you understand how intellectually and logically you need to push yourself beyond your comfort zone if you want to grow. Otherwise, you'd already have that result. So you're going to have to go beyond your comfort zone, which means you will be uncomfortable. And the way to do that consistently every day, push yourself a little bit further or, um, it, or every week, however you know your, your timeline is, is to see it as something good, something positive. Once you see it as a good thing that's happening, then you'll be able to enjoy the thing that used to be uncomfortable for you. And now that thing won't be uncomfortable anymore. Uh, It'll be exciting. It'll be enjoyable. It'll be, yes, this is so good. This is so right. Um, There's so many more examples. As I said, yes, in that way, I can think of the first time you do something might be a little uncomfortable. And as you do it more and more, you (laughs) you enjoy it. Sushi, like eating sushi, like eating raw fish. The first time I had it was so great. Now it's one of my favorite foods. That's the example I was totally thinking of. So (laughs) the value of discomfort. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And gosh, like process orientation versus goal orientation. Well, that can be its own episode and it should be. Let's put a pin in that. Um, But uh, this whole like idea of, you know, not being just like uh, over committed, over-invested in a certain kind of goal, you know, because that's just idealizing our lives. It just has to like get to this point and then everything will be good, right? Um, And all this discomfort um, leading up to it is like just an inconvenience, really. Uh, When you switch your mindset to one that is not only like process orientation where you're like everything that happens like is also equally where like the nectar is equally where the payoff is as this imagined endpoint. 
um, this creates a mentality that is ready. You want like readiness mentality and it takes practice. So like likes acceptance, uh, self-acceptance, outer acceptance, it all takes practice. And the more that you simply just observe discomfort in a sort of curious way that isn't rejecting it, the more you are sort of creating this readiness conditioning in yourself where you're always in this state. And then when you get faced with a challenge, you feel a sense of ownership of that challenge. It's a sense of ownership, not only of the challenge, but how you're showing up in it. Because uh, you know, uh, it's your choice how to face it. It's not just something that's like unconsciously determined. When we don't live mindfully, when we don't live in this kind of ready, sort of open, curious way, and we're, then we're living unconsciously, and we are not able to like own uh, what's happening because all we, all we can see are our unconscious automatic rejections of it. And we just become this passive victim of whatever's happening. And we, be, we over-identify ourselves with our preferences that randomly pop up and say, oh, yeah, I just don't like this kind of thing. So, yeah, nothing can be done. I'm just going to hate it and reject it. Um, it's just how I am. Sorry. And we're this, like, in, you know, this inflexible, rigid person that has you know, these attachments to these ideals. But then when we become kind of open and ready, then we're able to just kind of like say yes. You know, you're saying yes internally. You know? and, and this is important to know, to, to distinguish the difference between you know, yes as like an agreement, like, ah, absolutely. Well, whatever you want here, take all my money. I mean, you know, you live in, you live in South Asia. Like you can't just walk around saying yes to everything. You'd be broke, right? Like <laughs> can't walk around a night market saying yes to everything. Externally, you could say, no, you could be tough. You could have boundaries like out the wazoo, but internally you're saying, yes, this is what's happening. And I'm absolutely ready for it, whatever it is. And I'm owning the results. I'm owning how I show up to it. And I know that I have total control and ownership of it because I'm paying attention to it. I'm not just letting it happen unconsciously. It's, it's putting yourself back in the driver's seat, basically. Yeah, great point. Yeah, getting like seeing yourself as in the driver's seat, that these things are happening and you, know, you don't have to react to them uh, or they don't have to control you. You can just uh, observe them and then attend to them. Uh, and be curious towards them. And man, we've actually covered a lot of ground here. <laughs> I thought we were just going to go with the discomfort, but we went into uh, the journey, uh, the process mentality, um, and uh, resistance, uh, and appreciating and curious, the curiosity, repression. Um, so lots and lots of good stuff here. Now, this is part of a new brand that we've been launching, and this one is uh, called Tension. And you can find out more about it at tensionmindfulness.com. That's T-E-N-S-H-I-N mindfulness.com. And uh, Stefan has prepared uh, a really great course on meditation. Do you want to do, do a quick description of what that is? Uh, yeah, definitely. Just to get us started, uh, it's a, uh, a five-part uh, series on meditation. Each part's like 15 minutes, maybe 20 max, um, taking you, you know, step-by-step, step, um, not only learning a technique, that's like one and done learning. It's, it's a technique you will learn 
once and then you'll have it for life. You could practice it anywhere. It's completely portable. You don't need someone's soft cooing voice in your ear every time you want to take a dive. It's just you in the driver's seat, as we're talking about. Your, your mind wants to do this. So I'm just showing you how much your mind just wants to do this in a way that's really easy and effortless. And it's actually a pro- process that's about being, <laughs> funny enough, maximally comfortable and it being maximally easy and fluid. And we're doing this and making it easy because this automatically readies you and makes you battle ready for a difficult, challenging, uncomfortable life. You'll just automatically find yourself showing up better. And um, it's something that we thought was an essential starting point for having a meditation practice that uh, we know works extremely well for for everybody of all mindsets, especially the ones that don't think they can meditate. Yeah, it's great. Uh, that's the, the meditation technique that I first learned from Stefan. The first one I ever learned uh, several years ago and is still my default uh, meditation style and approach. And yeah, it's completely changed my life and gave me so many skills emotionally and mentally and can't recommend it more. So we've actually made it free. So it's entirely, entirely free. Go check it out. Tensionmindfulness.com. The link should be in the text description for this podcast. And uh, we're going we're gonna to keep these as short as we can. We, we're uh, pretty long-winded uh, men here. So we're going <laughs> to wrap it up here and hopefully uh, giving you these bite-sized nuggets of wisdom. Um, any last words, Stefan? Honestly, I think we've, we have covered uh, so much today. Um, we've gone from you know, not only looking at uh, embracing discomfort, but like the mentalities and the shifts and, and, the, um, and these really like deep, powerful states that we need to, to cultivate in order to shift something that we think is like very much simple and on, on the surface and kind of like, you know, immovable. Uh, in fact, edit that out. I need to, that didn't make any sense. Okay. <laughs> let's say, uh, let's say, um, so thanks so much for watching and listening. Uh, I'm David Tien, and uh, thanks, so, thanks so much, Stefan, for joining us here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was a, that was a great discussion. And uh, definitely, like I could see it, just birthing little babies of smaller discussions that uh, <laughs> we should definitely Good imagery. return to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, thanks so much for uh, listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Hey, it's David again. Before you go, a couple last things. First, all the show notes and links to resources can be found at davidtnphd.com backslash dtphdpodcast. Or you can just go to davidtnphd.com and find it through the top navigation menu. Second, if you'd like to interact with me and other like-minded fans of this podcast personally, then join our private DTPHD podcast Facebook group. We've got an awesome community of intelligent, wise individuals from literally all around the world. You can send a join request to the group using the link you'll find in the show notes of every podcast at davidtnphd.com backslash dtphdpodcast. Click the link, log into your Facebook, and then click to join. We approve join requests every day. So go to davidtnphd.com and click the link to join. See you inside our group.